the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host of this show and maybe the new host of a new COVID variant. The one that actually, I'm hoping if there's a new variant, there will be new variants. I'm going to talk about COVID a little bit because it's all over the news today. I guess there's just a uh, a moment, a break in the war, a break in the other news to remind us that we still need to talk about this. And I'm glad that we haven't had to talk about it for a long time. I'm not glad about why the war and things like that. But uh, we do need to update you on some things that are important that have happened in our state here. And uh, I've always thought, though, you know, the, maybe what if a variant gave us superpowers? What if a variant made things better? You know, I think that uh, I have a superpower. And my superpower, if I have the new variant, is that I was able to locate Dr. Fauci. Turns out he's on the BBC. And I just uh, we will have a couple of clips uh, of where he is and uh, lots of COVID news, including right here in California and Los Angeles. We'll get your thoughts about that and uh, kind of what's coming. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. That's the number. Write it down. Put it in your phone so you are ready to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. You can also email us right now at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com if it's inconvenient. For you to call, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Once again, the number is 888-528-2557. All right, well, it's good to be with you today, and uh, lots of different things in the news, and on today's program, we will deal with a lot of those things and take your calls and get your thoughts about it. We're on from 3 to 5 each and every weekday. And uh, I thought I would talk about this, so I've got my coffee. I'm ready. I have been reading up, and uh, we'll talk about COVID. How are you feeling about it? Do you feel like it's over? I mean, in a way, it's, you know, everybody's warning us that it's not over, and I understand that, but it's different. I've, I've moved to a place where I'm kind of surprised when I see people wearing masks in stores. Most of my people at church have come back. Even some who uh, always wear masks uh, have dropped it. And that's kind of a big change when Omicron was on the scene uh, one Sunday. Like, everybody had a mask all of a sudden. That's because most people were gone who were sick. Uh, so much news all of a sudden. Uh, booster shots. Have you got your booster shot? Are you in line for these things? Uh, a fourth shot is now recommended, and a fifth shot is being rumored. And if you got the Johnson & Johnson uh, one-and-done shot, well, I guess that doesn't even count anymore. They're trying to move in that direction and asking you, if you got the J&J shot, to uh, have an mRNA shot instead and consider that your booster, and they want you to get two so uh, so that's out there. I've always thought Johnson & Johnson should come up with some kind of foot powder version of it. Everybody else wants to do a uh, nasal spray. That's fine. But if you're Johnson & Johnson, wouldn't it be cool if there's like a foot, power ver- uh, foot powder version of it? <clears throat> They're splitting up Johnson & Johnson. They're going to have, you know, Gabby Johnson and Howard Johnson and, uh, you know, Van Johnson, every kind of Johnson that they could think about uh, to split up that company a little bit, I guess. Um. What should we do about this? As I've mentioned before, the battle, I think, is coming over vaccine mandates, and it has been stalled in our state. If you didn't hear the news, California was 
debating the state of California in Sacramento, a place where we all should pay a lot more attention to what's going on up there. Uh, One of the most far-reaching vaccine bills, according to the L.A. Times, was introduced into the legislature er earlier this year, and it will not move forward as of last night after uh, the proposal was to require all workers in California to have the COVID vaccine, to be inoculated against COVID-19. And uh, it was shelved on the eve of its first hearing, according to the L.A. Times. We'll get into that here in just a minute. And uh, it's that bill would have required everybody in California, everybody who has a job, to uh, get the vaccine and probably, says inoculated, I'm guessing what that means is then you would have to be caught up with all of your boosters, uh, however many you're going to have. Are we on that page? Have we, are we, you know, is there a line at the pharmacy to get your booster now or can you just walk in and, and get it? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just not hearing about that very much. Uh, and President Biden today had a uh, conversation about this, and he introduced a new government COVID website to help you find where to get your boosters, find the free masks, and find the other free. And by free, I mean you're paying for it, taxpayer-funded everything. Uh, let's go to clip number one. This is President Biden today announcing the new website. Today I'm announcing the launch of COVID.gov, COVID.gov. Excuse me, a one-stop shop where anyone in America can find what they need to navigate the virus. Free vaccines and boosters, free at-home tests, high-quality masks, and uh, for the latest information about the level of COVID-19 spread in your community, you can get that immediately. Now, you'll also be able to find our new test-to-treat locations which I announced in my State of the Union address. These are pharmacies and other places in your neighborhood where you can get tested, and if you're positive, you can get life-saving treatments all in one stop. We've already stood up 2,000 test and treat sites sites across the country. We're also nearly at, we have nearly 200 sites just to serve military families and veterans communities as well. We've done uh, what we've done throughout the pandemic. We've ensured these locations are the hardest hit, hardest to reach communities as well. The bottom line, no longer will Americans have to scour the Internet to find vaccines, treatments, tests or masks. It's all there. And just go visit COVID.gov, COVID.gov. All right, there you go. Now, my my thought is, are you still scouring the Internet to find this? I feel like this whole thing is a year too late. Why? And if you go to COVID.com, it's not or .gov, COVID.gov. Don't go to COVID.com. I have not checked that. I don't know what it is. You don't want it. COVID.gov, G-O-V. Those are government websites, by the way, if you have .gov. It's a very simple website. But here's what it says. Uh, you, your COVID-19 toolkit, resources to keep yourself and others safe from COVID-19. First thing on there is masks. Wear a mask to protect yourself and others when you go indoors in public. So that is the guidance that they're giving there. Wear a mask to protect yourselves and others when you go indoors in public. That's still, I don't know if that's even the CDC guidance. I feel like the the CDC, I'll have to look that up. I feel like they dropped that a while ago. But part of this is because I think this website probably was designed by some intern last April, and they're just now getting it online. And the government's trying to avoid 
the the chaos that was the Obamacare website. Remember that? That was a, announced with a whole bunch of fanfare, and it was a disaster. The website was horrible, and you couldn't get on there. Uh, you can definitely get on the COVID.gov website. I've had no problem since this has been announced, and I think it's because I'm the only one in the country who's on it. That might be possible. Uh, probably not for sure, and I know a lot, of, a lot of you out there are still very, very concerned, but I, I feel like it has changed. Uh, it talks to you about treatment, and it talks to you about how to get tested in the vaccines and uh, all of that information of where you can do that. I think it's not a bad website. I think it's a year too late, but you know, it gives you how you can get your free tests. There's a link to that. I think that's positive uh, if you want those uh, tests. Uh, have you ever taken the uh, COVID tests? I got a little bit uh, excited about the fact that until January of this year, I had never had to take one at all. I have driven people in my car to go take them, where they you pull up and then you roll down the window and they shove the Q-tip up your nose. And I was very happy that I didn't have to take one. And I was beginning to think I was going to skate on this whole COVID thing. Maybe I'm going to make it. And then I got it. And when I took the first COVID test, it was negative. So I thought I just had a cold or a flu, but I was really sick, really, really sick uh, for about 24 hours, really sick. And then I started to feel better, but I was pretty lethargic. And I wasn't even going to take another COVID test because it was negative. And uh, my son had been sick a couple of days before that. And so he was required to take one before he went back to school. And so he was feeling fine. He was feeling completely fine. He, uh, he was nine then. He has turned 10, which, by the way, is disobedient. He was not supposed to turn 10. And he did turn 10 on Sunday. Happy birthday, Johnny. Uh, but we'll talk to you about whatever your punishment is. And James, my uh, older son, is 12. He turns 13 in May. I informed him this morning he is not allowed to turn 13. That is not allowed. Anyway, so we have to give John his test before he goes back to school, and he tests positive. So then we all took the test, and Christy tests negative, and James tests negative. I tested positive, and I was so positive. You know, if you take the test, you you stick the thing in your nose, and you swirl it around, you have to follow all these instructions. And they're very clear that you need to do it right, and you need to wait 15 minutes, and then you get your result. But after 30 minutes, the result may not be any good. So you got to read the directions. Make sure you take the time to do that if you're going to take uh, one of these types of tests. So I do this, and I drop the uh, the sample in the test, and I'm thinking, okay, it's going to take 15 minutes. Well, I'll tell you what. About five seconds later, it hits the first line. If, if you get two lines, then you're positive. The The first line that the, the sample will reach is the one that tells you if you have COVID. So you're going to get one line. One line, you're negative. Two lines, you got COVID. And it's the first line that the sample will reach that will tell you if the COVID – that line was so dark, you could have seen it from space. I really had COVID, according to that test. It wasn't faint. It was, it was instant, immediate. I had it. Okay. And uh, anyway, I had to take the test, and uh, you can get free tests if you need them uh, online there to do it. And then I had to take it a couple more times, you know, before I finally was, was done with it. And uh, so I had, the, I had the COVID. It was not the fluorona. It could have been the fluorona. The test doesn't tell you which kind. The test does not tell you what variant you have. I don't know if I had if I had Delta, if I had Omicron, or did you notice they've stopped saying the Greek letters? It's like you know BM.1 now. BM. They've classified it as different. I think that's because they got in trouble when they were doing the Greek letters and they got to uh, Chi and they realized that's the president of China and they can't really call it that, even though that's the the next letter. Uh, and they said we got to scrap the whole Greek letter thing. Let's just go to something. A lot more confusing. So that's what they did. Uh, you can see it all. Of, you can get all of that. I don't think it's a bad. It's a bad website. It's just late. It's uh, COVID.gov. If you if you need those free tests, if you want to get them, that's where you can go. I I imagine. Uh, 
you know, you'll get them in uh, five to six months, depending on how supplies last. Um, other things are on there. So the president announces that today. And uh, so today's a big, a big COVID day. How are you feeling about it? Are you concerned about COVID? Have you moved on? Have you even thought about it? Or are you still very concerned about it? 888-528-2557 is the phone number. 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Weigh in on our conversation here as we we talk about COVID and uh, the policies that are coming. The different things that are, I think, in our future. I've mentioned before that the controversy that we're going to have is mandatory vaccinations for kids. I think that's going to be the biggest one. Is that going to hit this summer? Uh, The governor says it is, and uh, we'll see how that goes once the uh, FDC finally makes the vaccines, uh, you know, whatever it is. Like, we're taking them now, but they're not really for real. But then once the FDC says, okay, we've blessed them, uh, then they become uh, the thing. And, oh, I mentioned Dr. Fauci. So Dr. Fauci has also surfaced. He is in uh, on the BBC. People have been asking what happened to him. And I, he's probably going to retire. He's he's 81. And, uh, you know, I've thought this a lot about him is that, you know, when he was 78 or 79, nobody really had a clue who he was. He must have been thinking about retirement, right? And just he'd have some quiet retirement somewhere, you know, and uh, uh I don't know. And now he is like either your favorite guy or you hate him. Like half the country just can't stand the guy and half the country uh, loves him. Uh, that's probably not what he had in in mind for his 80s, but that's where he is. Anyways, on the BBC, and uh, he was asked by this BBC reporter whether or not lockdowns are effective. Go to clip two. Do you think two years on that they were worth it or were they too severe? You know, I don't think we're ever going to be able to determine what the right balance is. I think the restrictions, if you want to use that word, which I tend to shy away from, lockdown, there's certainly prevented a lot of infections, prevented a lot of hospitalizations, and prevented a lot of deaths. There's no doubt about that. Actually, there's a lot of doubt. That's why she was asking the question. There's a ton of doubt right now as to whether or not it was effective, and it matters a lot. You know, he begins by saying, uh, you know, uh, we may never know. Well, he probably hopes we never know, I would guess, one way or the other, uh, whether or not it works or not. He, and it's funny because he says uh, restriction. He's trying not, he's being told not to say. And he's, you know, and I, I give him a lot of, uh, I give him a lot of room because I think he's a scientist who got pushed into this position and he loved the media. He loved the attention he got at first. And unfortunately, he was given an awful lot of control uh, to make some decisions about things that he was not really in a position to make. We should not have given one guy the kind of control that he got. And I think a lot of the hate that's out there toward him and and, uh, and stuff uh, is unfortunate because he should have been in the background. He should have been one guy on a team full of people asking economic questions, asking questions about kids, what's the truth about masks and all this stuff. Anyway, uh, he says, uh, so he's not really supposed to be saying restriction or lockdown. The, right now, uh, he's in probably in England trying to find an English word that means the same thing but doesn't feel as negative. And the reason he's doing that is because after the election in November and in cold and flu season, which might now be called cold, flu, and COVID season, uh, is it possible that lockdowns or masks or other restrictions or whatever you want to call them are coming back? Clip number three, he's asked this question. Well, I don't want to use the word lockdowns that has a charged element to it, but I believe that we must keep our eye on 
the pattern of what we're seeing with infections. Right now, I'll take the United States, for example, the cases continue to go down, the hospitalizations go down, and the deaths go down. We are going in a gradual way towards what we all hope will be normal. Having said that, we need to be prepared for the possibility that we would have another variant that would come along. And if things change and we do get a variant that does give us an uptick in cases and hospitalization, we should be prepared and flexible enough to pivot towards going back at least temporarily to a more rigid type of a restriction, such as requiring masks indoor. All right, there you go. So that, you know, he's struggling to find the language, and that's because there is a there's a lot of politics about this right now. And, you know, when a lot of people are sick and there's a lot of hospitalizations and a lot more death, you know, the politics gets a little smaller because people are seeing it and feeling it. Um, but now as we're getting into summer and and almost what they say, 50 percent of Americans might have got the Omicron and this new one, the the BL2 or whatever it's called. I need to look that up so I'm accurate. But uh, they think it it's far more. Uh, that more and more people are going to get it, but it's uh, a lot less harmful. Hopefully that's true. 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. 888-528-2557. Anna in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Anna? Is it Anna or Anna? Anna. That's Anna. Hi, Anna. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. That's just a comment about um, your opening. Um, you know, when I tuned in, I just heard you say about, maybe in a sarcastic way, that we now we have this website and that we have the resources available, but I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful that we have it, even if it's late. It's here. I continue to hear that in other parts of the world, people are dying and they don't have face masks, they don't have uh, meds, they don't have the vaccine. I mean, if they have it, it's just only for the privilege uh, uh, people, so I'm just grateful that we have it. That little by little we go back to normal. Um, something that no one can deny is that we have this virus. So how we went about dealing with it is something that we can discuss for hours and hours and hours and hours. But probably never uh, come to uh, an agreement about you know what we should have done better. Right. But it is what it is. We have the resources, and as a Christian, not a Republican, not a Democrat, as somebody who is here now uh, and did not lose anybody in my immediate family, but I saw people dying, friends, close friends, um, I'm just grateful that we have all the resources in this beautiful, great nation that we have, um, you know, regardless of the differences and the problems that we are facing right now. Yeah. Anna, I think that's a great way to look at it, and uh, I thank you for your call. And you're right, I was sarcastic. I'm a little sarcastic about all of this because there's so much sarcasm and uh, because there's so many uh, controversial things, and it's really frustrating. But I also am glad we do have the site. It is late. They should have had it a year ago, and that's sort of government efficiency. But if you if you need it, it's a lot better. I just don't think there's that many people on that page right now. And, that, and maybe that's why the website will work pretty good. You put in your county. I was trying to go in there and put in my zip code, and it wasn't working. 
you know, to get the local information. And I thought, okay, it's not working. But you have to, if you go there, you have to put in your the county that you live in, and then the window will come up, and all of that will will work. You know, I think we do have to remember to be positive about where we are. I meant to ask Anna this question, and maybe this is a question for you, and maybe you already agree with this, but people are not getting the boosters. They are not in line. There's not a long line for uh, kids getting the shot. There's uh, a lot fewer people getting boosted or interested in it, and yet we have tons of supply. And she's correct that in some parts of the world, there is an awful lot of death and suffering still going on. And uh, we, we have a lot we could give. I think, I think we need to give a lot more away. What do you think about that? Do we hold on to it for ourselves or do we, do we give it away in case there's some new variant? I think there's some question as to whether or not it's working on Omicron or the other variants also. Um, but, you know, uh, we should be very grateful for the country we live in for sure. Whatever your thoughts are on all of these kinds of things. Um, we're very blessed to be here. I think a big thing for our country with all of this is we need to work hard to bless other people, that there is a, a, um, a missed opportunity that we've had of much greater goodwill by getting vaccines out to the rest of the world a lot sooner. And now we're just kind of sitting on them, uh, when there's still a lot of suffering. Anyway, good call, Anna. Thank you for, for calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join the conversation. This is Southern California Live. We're talking about the, the bunches of COVID news that came out today, including government website, uh, covid.gov. And when we come back from the break here in a minute, I want to talk a little bit more about what's going on in California, an article in the LA Times that is reporting that the vaccine mandate for all employers has been held, not not thrown away, not tossed to the side, but it's been held. It's an interesting article uh, in some ways, and there are some other things coming, and I want to get your thoughts on that. This is your Wednesday edition of Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. The number again for your calls is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com. We'll be back in just a minute with SoCal Live. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you on this fine Wednesday afternoon. Whatever you're doing, if you're still at work, if you're at home, if you're driving home, we're really glad that you've joined us here. And uh, you can always find us also on your Alexa device or your other similar uh, device. Just uh, say, uh, turn on KKLA, and you can listen right there on your device and to all the shows on on our station and every day at three o'clock. You can in fact even ask, give yourself a reminder, say Alexa, remind me to turn on Southern California live at three o'clock and every day you'll get that reminder. Uh, so we, we would love it if you do that. 888-528-2557 is the number 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We've been talking about the COVID news today. There's a whole lot of it. And uh, I'll get to your calls here. We started talking about the new government website, covid.gov. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, movement in our California State House about State House about COVID rules that are coming up here in California. Let me get you a couple of your calls first. Josh from Oxnard, welcome, Josh. How are you, Oxnard? More than a beautiful name. That's what my grandmother, who lived there, used to say. <laughs> nice. I'm doing well, thank you. Good. What's on your mind? Yeah. So, so I noticed uh, you were talking about the vaccines here and uh, the fact that. 
they were talking about mandating it for all the population of California, which is deeply concerning, at least for, for me. And I would think that it's a very important to remind, remember for all of us living here that uh, these vaccines that they're trying to have everybody take, um, they haven't exactly completed safety trials and won't complete them until next year. And so what we're really discussing here, if we go ahead and go to the Senate and make it compulsory for Californians to take these vaccines, is does the government, do we want to live in a, a country or a state where the government has the right to use the population as test subjects, compulsory? Yeah, I think that's one of the issues with mandates. So people have different feelings about whether or not we should take the vaccine and what is the standard practice for uh, the testing period of time, you know, with any with any drug, whether it's a vaccine or different pharmaceuticals, you know, over time, even years, sometimes new things happen, right? That's why you see those commercials on TV from some lawyer that says, you know, if you took such and such in 1995, you may be entitled to compensation. That's because something happens later. There's any drug that your doctor is going to give you, there's um, something there that might be concerning to you. But I think that the the uh, the compulsory, you have to have this vaccine in order to work. That's something brand new. Uh, that's something that you, do you, I think there are certain jobs where you have to have certain vaccines in the military. You know, they shove all the vaccines in you when you go there. There are certain times where maybe that's, that's true, but this one, it's a little bit, um, um, I d- definitely raises some questions. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Uh, Mars, uh, Marsala from San Diego. Is that Marsala? Do I have it right? Yes. Hi, Marcella. Welcome yes, to Southern California. No, right. Hi. Hi, thank you. I, I want to say that I really appreciate your show. And I was listening to Anna. Um, I, I'm a yeah. nurse, and I have to kind of, because of my job, keep on top of these uh, different issues. But even during the yeah. height of this COVID, the homeless were picking up masks that they found on the floor and putting those on. Mm. Yet the homeless yeah. were dying at the same rate, if not less, rate than those that had the ability to buy and use a new mask every single eight hours. Because did you know you have to change those masks every four hours? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. A lot of the mask rules we're not following at all. Yeah. Yeah. At all. I mean, my grandkids use the same mask all week because they have to. But these masks, you know, people were dying at the same rate, if not the homeless were dying at a lesser rate than those that had the ability to wash their hands, uh, stay indoors, use the mask, and follow all the mandates that the government had on them. There might be something very good about uh, the fact that maybe we we wash our hands better than we used to. Maybe that had more to do with uh, helping people than some other things. Hopefully that's something that we keep. Marcel, what kind of nurse are you? You Do you work in a hospital? Do you work... uh, uh, in a different environment, where do you work? Or do, you don't tell yeah. me where you work, but what kind of nurse are you? Well, you I in a hospital? currently was called the director of staff development, so I work in the hospital to, per se. I work in a, uh, well, I don't want to say where I work. But yeah. I work in okay. a Let, facility. Let me ask, and you're, you're still working, so are there vaccine mandates where you work that are um, being required now, or has that been put on hold? Where is that at? Yes, there are. And I handed my boss a a signed letter that said when these mandates are actually mandated, that would be the day that I would not be able to work for him anymore. And, um, you know, I just I don't I wouldn't do it. 
So right now, though, you still have your job, so they haven't enforced that. Is that correct? But, you know, it's still as part of my job. I have to require everybody to hand me the, the piece of paper that says they had the shots and the booster. Uh, they know right. how I feel about it. I'm sure everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Masala. All right, hang in there. Hang in there with all of that. I've got a really good friend who's a, a nurse who uh, has the two shots but is skeptical about getting the third and could very well lose her job because of the the mandates uh, where she lives. And that really takes us to the the issue of mandates and especially kind of where we're at now. Maybe your mind has changed on this. We've talked about this over the course of months at different times and different levels of case studies and different levels of death in the uh, in the COVID period. Have you changed your mind? Do you feel like you're going to get a third, fourth? Maybe now they're suggesting a fifth booster. And should we mandate it? In California, one of the most far-reaching vaccine bills uh, that was going to cause everybody in California who has a job to have mandated vaccines, mandated inoculations, um, was pulled by Assemblymember Buffy Wicks from Oakland. And uh, she said that she would hold Assembly Bill 1993. That's the name of the bill, Assembly Bill 1993, which would have required employees and independent contractors in both the public and private sectors to be vaccinated against COVID-19 as a condition of employment unless they have an exemption based on a medical condition, disability, or religious beliefs. So that's been held, pulled back, which means uh, it can come back later. And um, what's interesting to me about this article that you can find in the L.A. Times is the next paragraph says the move comes as a group of truck drivers protesting COVID-19 mandates around Washington, D.C. has said it has plans to head to California to oppose vaccine legislation in the Golden State. And this bill, AB 1993, has been among the bills uh, that that they have there. And, uh, you know, if you're one of those truckers, I guess that might be interesting to you. Now, later in the article, uh, she denies it. Uh, Assemblymember Buffy Wicks. She says that has nothing to do with the truckers. It's just interesting to me that this writer would put that at the top of the article, uh, Melody Gutierrez, staff writer at the Times, um, that she would do this. And the Buffy uh, Buffy says, I don't think my colleagues will be swayed by a trucker gang or whatever they are, Wicks said. I think my colleagues would much rather listen to public health officials. Um And that's been some of the controversy because public health officials are in a different place than a lot of the public employee unions, for example. So public safety unions, including the California Association of Highway Patrolmen, California Correctional Peace Officers Association, California Professional Firefighters, all of them and many, many others are against this, uh, against having mandates. And it's because there are many people who just don't feel comfortable, right or wrong, don't feel comfortable getting the vaccine or getting the booster. In fact, a lot of people have gotten the vaccine. They've, they've gotten shots number one and two, and they're wondering, do I really need three and four? And then upcoming five, how many is there going to be? How do you feel about this? 888-528-2557 is the number. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. There are other bills that are coming up that we should be aware of. And these are where I think, I think we need to be aware um, let's see, there's a working group in the legislature that are looking at these other bills coming up. So one bill that is Senate bill 871 would require the COVID vaccine for all school children. Are you willing to vaccinate your kids? 
now I think that uh, what is it about twenty percent of kids at a certain age have been vaccinated, but there's not a long line. There's not a bunch of parents. So so one out of five, I think, are out there. And in the, in, this is a national statistic, I think, uh, vaccinating their kids um, over twelve, from twelve to eighteen, and then the new one is five to eleven. Is are you going to vaccinate your five year old to eleven? For this, do you feel like you should be forced to? I think that's the issue that's coming. And see, in the other bill that bothers me, this is Senate Bill 866 by Senator Scott Weiner, Scott Weiner from San Francisco. Uh, he would allow children 12 and up to be vaccinated without parental consent. The whole parental consent thing bugs me. I have a 12-year-old. I do not want him doing anything medically without my knowledge. And he's old enough where I can have a conversation with him, but I don't know that he's old enough to actually make these decisions or worse. I don't know that he's old enough to not be pressured into it one way or the other by somebody he shouldn't be talking to. I mean, why is it that in our state, and I found this out when he turned 12, when we went to his last year, his 12-year-old checkout, I didn't know this. But did you know as a parent, if you have a 12-year-old, you no longer have access to their medical records? That's shocking. That's in California, 12, 12 years old. Seventh grade, 12 years old. It angers me. And now we're talking about mandatory vaccinations. We're talking about a separate bill that says he can go get a vaccination. What if, what if you're, you are the parent and you say, no, I don't want you to get this? Well, now your, your child who is 12 can go get it anyway. And there's a whole lot of other things that they can go get it anyway. And you wouldn't know. Why is that? Why do we feel like parents are just eliminated from being a parent? in all this. Is there any justification for that? 888-528-2557. And I'm, I realize that some kids are in situations where they don't have an attentive parent or they have an abusive relationship that they are living with. I get that, that there are, there are times when maybe a child should have that ability. I understand that. But to mandate it for everybody, to say that in most families that are not having those issues, that the child has the right to make medical decisions that they cannot, most likely will not understand. And you will never know as a parent, what happens if my kid does have a reaction to a vaccine or some other, you know, some other shot that he gets or some treatment. And I don't know that he got the treatment. So I take him to the ER and uh, they say, what's wrong with him? And I say, I don't know when, if I did know, I might be able to say, well, he got this medication and this was the reaction. See what I mean? This is getting outrageous. This is a fight that's coming along with many others that we're doing to our school kids. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live, the Wednesday edition. We'll be back in just a couple of moments. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live, Wednesday edition. Good to be with you. Number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And we've been talking about the new COVID news that has come out today, a lot of different things coming out. But one is that the vaccine mandates in California have been stopped. And vaccine mandates are also being withdrawn in Los Angeles and other cities that have been in place for entry to certain places. Uh, it's still a big deal in healthcare and some other places, but it seems to be waning a little bit. And my thought is a lot of it is political pressure that is being felt. Uh, the state assembly uh, bill 1993 was withdrawn by its author 
uh, Buffy, Assemblywoman Buffley, Buffy, sorry, Buffy Wicks. And uh, she has uh, held it, not really withdrawn it, but she's going to hold it probably till after the election. That's my that's the cynical take that I have. Right. Is that, you know, after the election in November, however it goes, there will probably be an increase in cases. There will probably be colds and flus and maybe it's some variant and maybe it isn't. We won't really know. But that's when I think some of this may come back. But if I'm right that the politics is really driving a lot of this, which I think it is, then this might go away until after the election. We'll have to see. But there are lots of other bills about mandates that are in the state house right now, including mandating all children to get it. The governor has said last October, he said that kids are going to be required to get the vaccine once it has full approval from the FDA. And uh, right now, the only full approval is about 16 years and older. Then it's going to go to 12 and then eventually 5 to 15. They're looking for authorization for that whole group of of kids. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of vaccines that they're already required to get to go to school. That's already part of the law. I think there's going to be some pushback about this one, mainly because it's new, but also because kids uh, in, are almost not suffering at all from COVID-19. Even when they get it, they get over it in a couple of days, uh, almost all of the time, almost 100% of the time. So why are we vaccinating? That's a good question, I think. Should they be mandated? That's one of the questions we've been asking. JR from Hollywood, welcome to Southern California Live. How are how you doing, JR? I'm doing fine, thank you. This is really a hot topic. It's good that you brought it up. I hope you don't get in trouble at the radio station. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, my family's been affected. I, I had to go on a leave for my job because I didn't want to get the vaccine. And I was I applied for a religious exemption, which if I, I shouldn't have done that, I'm asking the Lord to forgive me. But um, I was given a—I was granted it, but I, it was sort of like just a punishment instead of given a, any kind of accommodation. I was just told you're on an unpaid leave of absence. Thankfully, God opened up another door for me to work somewhere else, but I'm getting half of the money that I used to get. My medical is not even anywhere compared to what I used to have. And mm. and uh, my husband's an independent contractor, and now with this law that they want to pass, it's just pushing people out of the state and the kids, too. You know, yeah. I, I know everyone has a different opinion, and some people want to take it, and I totally respect that. And I know so many people that have taken it, but I don't feel that people should be forced to have an injection. Well, I think that's the issue, right? Is the issue is the issue is lots of people have a lot of different opinions, and where this is going as far as a, a national health crisis, it's definitely receded quite a bit, or at least most people think it is. And I want to be sensitive to those who are listening, who are losing loved ones, or have recently, especially lost loved ones. You know, in in your life, this hasn't receded at all. In your life, this is a, a huge deal. And um, I have lost at least three friends right off the top of my head that I know personally who who died of COVID. They didn't die of something else and called it COVID. No, they they got it. You know, it's for real. We shouldn't be uh, so callous to think that it's not for real. But we also need to take it um, in reality, the reality of how it really affects people and give some people some choice here. Um, JR, you lost, uh, uh, you said you needed to ask God for forgiveness. Uh, why did you feel like you needed to do that? I struggled when I asked for the religious accommodation. I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. It was, I had to make a quick decision. It was either take it, a uh, medical exemption or religious exemption. And yeah. because I struggled with my, in my relationship with God, I know I wanted to be sincere. And so, you know, I tried to the best that I could 
by interpreting the scriptures, not trying to necessarily not not trying to twist them, but yeah. um, just I, I I think you know like that God has given us our body, we're responsible for it, and if we don't think something's good for it and we're and we're putting it in, then that goes against our conscience. So that was my argument basically at the end. Um, but like I don't want to use religion to try and get out of a vaccine as well. So you know I don't want to. Uh, but you know, like it's—I guess it's just an individual thing, and yeah. so I struggle with that because it's—it's it's very hard to leave your job of 19 years. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be self, sound selfish here. Like completely, what you said, I 100%. Like I respect everyone, and I'm sorry for all the losses. And COVID is real, and uh, thankfully, you know, by God's grace, I got through it. I got it, and I got through it. But I know not everybody does, and uh, but it's just—it just really frustrates me, especially. Um, I have some people that I know that are mentally ill and they have uh, they have been conserved. And, uh, you know, sometimes when someone has conservatorship over someone else, they have to make medical mm-hmm. decisions for them. Yeah. And I almost feel like it's giving the government con- conservatorship over our bodies. Oh, that's a good way to to, uh, to say it there. Hey, you know what? Uh, with your relationship with the Lord, you know something I think that God appreciates about you uh uh, Jr. is is your heart, and that you're sensitive about these uh, religious exemptions to the extent that you want to be honest about it. And I think for for believers, this is this is an issue, kind of with this, right? Because I would really ask people pastorally, if you're getting a religious exemption, do you really believe? Have you really thought about this? Is this really something that you feel like um, is part of your faith? Um, and you know, or not. And, you know, I think some people, we just fill out these, you can print them out on the internet. Oh, I got a religious objection. Well, do you really? I mean, there's some people who um, I think maybe really do, but some people who are just trying to find a way to get out of it, but between them and God, it's it's a neutral thing. I think God wants us to be honest with our faith. And I, I, I would just go to the Lord and say, you know what, Lord, I want to be as honest as possible. Thank you for loving me and uh, and speak to my heart. So I think you've got a good heart there. I think it's worth questioning all of the things that we do in the name of Christ. One of the one of the things God does not like is when we take his name in vain, when we say, oh, God says this, or God wants us to do this, when we really don't know, or maybe God doesn't, you know, when we just have a feeling about it. Um, so I would encourage you, J.R., uh, I think the Lord understands your heart, and I think you've got a good heart that you're thinking about those things. Thanks for calling, J.R. Uh, Steve from Pico Rivera. How you doing over there? Everybody okay? Yep, we're all good. How are you? Good, good. Just lovely. Let me ask you a question. What do you think, and let's put it out to your public because you got tremendous following. What are the people of the United States, let alone our governor, going to do to hold the Wuhan lab accountable for putting this virus around the world? Okay. Well, thanks for your call, Steve. You know, I don't know what we're all going to do. It's going to come down to what uh, what the politicians do and what evidence really comes out. So we certain things, there has been so much um, politics around this virus, okay, left and right, and different things from the beginning about where the virus began. And, you know, if you remember two years ago, President Trump was uh, saying it came from Wuhan, the China virus and all that controversy – and if you said that, if you agreed with him, you were kicked off your Twitter account and you were told, no, um, you know, we all I think everybody does agree it came from this region. But whether or not it came from a lab or something, that was the, the piece that 
people are saying is uh, is is not real, that it came out of a lab, that this is something that happens naturally with some of the uh, different exotic foods that people eat sometimes and it moves from animal. There's a lot of that might be true. But the interesting thing is about a year ago after Donald Trump was gone, suddenly the idea that this came from a lab where they're doing research in coronavirus, a lab in Wuhan called the Coronavirus Research Lab, um, that maybe it did come from the lab. And I can completely imagine, you know, somebody left the door open or something and they said, oops, whatever you say, whatever oops is in, in uh, Chinese, uh, that's what they said probably, and it got out. That's, that's a reasonable thing. So I think that the world, more than, you know, probably not our governor and not just our government, really does need to investigate what happened. And if it is, in fact, an accident, well, how likely is it that some other accidents are going to happen in different places? How many other accidents have there been? I've got all those questions. You know, I think that we need to know the truth. I think that before we can hold anybody accountable for something, we have to know that they actually did it. We have to, and we have to be able to prove it. We can't just have a hunch, and we can't just have a most reliable theory. And that, and that I think, gets to be the difficult part, particularly when you're dealing with uh, China that has a closed uh, system where you have the WHO is probably the organization that would investigate the World Health Organization, and they're not likely to do a very good job with that for various political reasons. So I think the answer is we don't know. I think we need to look at our scientific community and say, what's going on with uh, gain-of-function research in general? What's going on with labs around the world that we're funding? Why aren't, if we're going to do that, if we think there's a value to it scientifically, and there, there very well may be, what are we doing to make sure this doesn't happen with whatever else you might be uh, uh, fooling around with? Uh, there's a great line from uh, Jurassic Park. We get so excited about uh, what we uh, what we can do, we haven't thought about whether or not we should. And I've butchered that that quote, but that's what it is. Anyway, um, hey, something I'll just make a point here as we close out this this conversation here, kind of the the why of all of this. I think we need to focus on mandates and what it means for kids. I think it gets tied up into a whole lot of thinking that is not putting kids first, that is not considering what is best for them, that is taking parents more and more out of the loop. I think it's political um, that may not have as much to do with coronavirus as it has to do with more government control over how we raise our kids, with more and more government control in our life. The mandates are a big deal, and we're going to have to pay attention to that. So please be paying attention to what's going on in Sacramento. We'll keep you informed on this show as those things go on. And as believers, we got to pray for our state. we got to pray that um, we are in a position to uh, protect people and to be wise. We also don't want to be on the wrong side of this. What if mandates really ought to happen. What if there's a good argument for that? Well, then let's hear it. Um, But at this point, I don't think we've heard that yet at all. So be in prayer. You've got to be in prayer and be trying to be as truthful as possible and recognize that a hunch is not enough, Um, but you should keep your eye on your elected representatives and how our government should work. All right, I can go on and on about that, but I am out of time. We will be back for hour two of Southern California Live in just a few moments. Go to kkla.com to get the podcast of this hour and all of our shows. I'm Scott Furrow. This is the Wednesday edition of SoCal Live. We'll be right back. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.